Hello, Podicumans, and welcome to the Podicesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we are joined by your most enigmatic friends, Jim Morrow and Alan Kaysen. I don't even know if I used that word correctly. Hold on. Did you say <laughs> animomatic? <laughs> I did I did not say Welcome that. to the Podicesis Podcast, <laughs> ladies did, and gentlemen, where we talk I, about Jesus and Christian faith. And whatever Brett just said, just, I, I, I don't know that. if I sh- it, should. I be offended? I I really have no idea because I'm <laughs> the not question really sure is: Should we start said. over? Um, no, I think we're good. I think we just continue. <laughs> I think yeah. we just continue because that's already been. Uh, we've already flushed this out, so let's just continue. They <laughs> <laughs> need something now, but no. goodness gracious! <laughs> hey, there's Alan down there. There's How you Alan. doing, Alan? Look at him. Hey, Alan. <laughs> hey. How you doing? Well, you're that. Da- well, I don't know. I yeah, don't I'm know. good. I'm great. I'm. <laughs> I'm 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 flustered. It's okay. <laughs> it's gonna be all right. We're gonna get through yeah. this. Yeah. All right. Well, let me bring us back here. So we are continuing our journey through the Faith Once Delivered document, also known as the TFOD, uh, put out by the John Wesley Institute, which you can check them out at nextmethodism.org. Um, this document was created by a gathering over 50 Wesleyan scholars um, in early 2022. Um, and you can check out our show notes uh, for notes. links to this document, which is available for free download. And I haven't done this in a while, so I'm just going to do it now because I can. Um, remember that you can connect with us here at uh, Podakesis on social media at Podakesis is where you can find us on most platforms. Um, I don't I don't even know what you call Twitter these days. Is it still Twitter? It's X? It's whatever it's is in Elon? Yeah. I have no idea what it is. Yeah, but we're there. We, we are there. We're there. We're, we're there. there. Um, questions at podakesis.com or voicemail 404-635-6679. So we are glad to have you uh, with us today, and we're going to continue this conversation where we're going to be looking at, we've been dealing with Scripture, right, lately. We've been talking about the Bible, we've been talking about what it is, and today we're talking about the Bible's authority or Scripture's authority. And so um, if you're following along with your TFOD that you've downloaded for free mm-hmm. from nextmethodism.org, um, we're looking at paragraphs 98 through 101. And so I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Audible himself. Um, at some point, Audible is going to um, yeah. support us, but until then, we've, we've got Alan. I'm going to get um, some royalties. <laughs> this is what uh, I say yeah. on Sunday mornings. If you have your Bible, um, yes. open it up to question 98. Uh, Please stand for the reading of the TFOD. Yeah, if you have your <laughs> TFOD, and if you don't have your TFOD, like if you don't have your Bible, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, question 98 says this, Scripture possesses an authority that stands above our experiences and viewpoints. In the words of Wesley, God himself has c- condescended to teach the way. For to this very end, he came down from heaven. He has written it down in a book. Oh, give me that book. Scripture preserves the various ways that God has spoken to reclaim and redeem creation. History, poetry, prophecy, law, parable, and apocalyptic literature all bear consistent witness to the redeeming love of God throughout the Bible. Mm. So we're talking about authority. So what what does it mean to, to have authority? What How does a book or a collection of books or writings carry any type? Of authority and 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 how is that authority? What does that authority supposed to do? That's really what this section of the Tefod is is getting at, and what classic Christian teaching on Scripture um, on its authority gets to. There's some passages, right, like Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. Uh, uh, the Word of God, um, the Bible. Uh, what does it say? All Scripture is God breathed. All Scripture is God breathed, and it is useful. Like that's the kind of the word is uh, that useful. It's useful for what? For teaching, rebuking, and all these kind of other things to help the person, uh, the the faithful, um, to grow. And so, um, how does Scripture carry authority, and why does it matter whether the Bible has authority or not? Yeah, the authority is uh, a funny thing these days in general. Yes. Maybe people have always been like this, but. Um, that sense of being under an authority, people rebel against that, the idea of authority. And also, I mean, just recognizing that um, Scripture and the authority of Scripture, uh, the way that some have talked about it over the years is, is really been 
difficult for people to swallow. So what does it mean to have an authority is a really important question. Um, and what, one of the things that's important about this is, the, as we flesh this out, is what precisely and specifically does that mean and how? It's God's revelation, which we're about to, to read about. Um, authority meaning that, how would we define that? It has, um, it has some primacy, it has some power, and it stands above in terms of all other idea, all other word, all other revelation, mm-hmm. other ideology, other direction. Um, it's authoritative in that it speaks true. Um, yeah, now, yeah. When, when some people talk about that, um, they think about it in such a way uh, where they that we can use the Bible to have authority over people. And I think that that's one of the things we reject, uh, what people reject when they reject the idea of Scripture having authority. Mm-hmm. And we run, we'll run across this across the conversation, but different ways that we talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who will reject uh, some certain segments of um, botany because Jesus said that a mustard seed was the smallest seed when he said it in a parable using uh, hyperbole, they'll say, well, no, there is no other seed. I don't care what you see that is smaller than a mustard seed. Right. But what this what this section uh, in paragraph 98 reminds us is that there's this authority comes through from God in beautiful ways like genre, history, and poetry, and prophecy, and law. So there's a little ramble, but I wonder if authority has to do with the thing. It is the thing that speaks true. Mm. Well, yeah. So I was going to say, I was going to say that that I think um, we all have voices that we that speak into our lives. Um, we all have whether that's other people, whether that's our own experience. Um, and I think when we speak, when we're saying when we're talking about authority and have scripture having authority, we're saying that the the voice of scripture, um, so to speak is the one that we give the most credence to over our lives is, yeah. is one way of thinking about, it, at least for me. And, yeah. and, and, and then, and specifically the voice of our experience and our viewpoints. Um, I think one of the things we've, we've found, or at least I've seen when we look at these different catechisms, um, they tend to be addressing certain things, mm-hmm. um, maybe underlying uh, things yeah. that are, you know, mm-hmm. there's obviously dealing with universal truths, but they're also addressing typically some kind of heresy, you know, or, or something underneath it um, as well. And I think the it, it's interesting that the first sentence here in question 98, dealing with scripture authority, scripture possesses an authority that stands above our experiences and viewpoints. Yeah. I think that's a very telling us. Uh, sentence to start out with because i do think that that is the culture in that in which in which we live in the the voice that most people are listening to and allowing to have authority over their lives is their own experience and their own viewpoints so yeah i just um i think that i just find that interesting that that's where they began Mm -hmm. with the scripture authority that's right yeah, and 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 so a couple things. One, um, we have to take into consideration inspiration and authority are not nece- are not necessarily the same thing. Ooh, time for theological nuance. So, um, by the way, there are greater nerd minds. Alert, nerd <laughs> alert! <laughs> there are. I am there, literally at the edge of my seat. <laughs> literally, <laughs> there, there, there. Are, by the way, there are greater minds than mine that have. Ours no. that have dealt with this recently. Firebrand has been on well, fire lately fire. with um, Firebrand magazine with um, uh, some articles on scripture and issues of infallibility and um, inerrancy and all of this stuff. And you know, whatever side you fall on those the nuances of this. One of the things that I have found is that it is so very important to define what you're talking about before you even get yeah. into the argument. Mm-hmm. Now, here in the TFOD, it does seem like inspiration and authority, although they probably go hand in hand, are not necessarily the same thing. Inspiration it, 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 it comes from the word breath, right? Inspire. Um, comes from the word breath, this idea of God breathed, that is a God thing, right? That is a, that is, um, a God movement. Authority 
Scripture has authority. Well, let me just read this statement. This is from um, David Watson's, uh, our, our good friend, David Watson from United. Um, this is from his book, Scripture and the Life of God, Why the Bible Matters Today More Than Ever. By the way, this is a great, easy intro book into Scripture itself. It's awesome. Um, uh, he says... Um, <clears throat> As we think about the authority of Scripture, we should bear in mind that Scripture only has authority because of the authority, uh, because of the authority of the God who stands behind it. Scripture's authority is derived authority, as N.T. Wright uh, stated. The phrase "authority of Scripture," when unpacked, offers a picture of God's sovereign and saving plan for the entire cosmos dramatically inaugurated by Jesus himself and now implemented by the Spirit-led life of the church, precisely as the Scripture-reading community. So, whereas inspiration is, is taking the, 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 the authority of God and, and just kind of putting it into this text, uh, there's something about the community of faith that also feeds into this, right? Like, that, that is also part of this when it comes to authority, when it comes to um, the, 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 the role Scripture has in the life of a person to, to today. Um, I love also what uh, Watson will say a couple of pages later. He'll say, um, to say that Scripture is inspired is to say that God has guided the formation of the Bible at every level in order to draw us more deeply into the divine life. While theories of inspiration can be helpful, for most people, they aren't particularly important. Amen. Can we just say that, by the way? Can we just say that, that for most lay people, most good Orthodox Christians who love Jesus with everything they are, the thing they're not thinking about every day of their life is the theory of inspiration scripture? Or I don't, un- I don't understand that. <laughs> what do they do? Have fun? What watch baseball? Doing? Watch football? Play with their kids? <laughs> I love I that. He said, continues to say, rather than tend to trust, uh, rather people tend to trust in scripture because it guides them encourages them, provides correction for them when they make mistakes, and gives them hope. In this sense, Scripture is authoritative. Um, It speaks with wisdom and insight into the circumstances of our lives because of the wisdom and insight of the God who inspired it. God's authority over our lives is in many ways like that of a loving parent, and the primary resource we have for God's parental guidance is Scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, I, I just find that incredibly helpful, but it also... When we talk about scriptural authority, we can't talk about it without talking about the community of faith that it is. Because in some sense, the community of faith is the one that takes takes that authority and lives it out, or or, or enacts it, or and whatever the the phrase I'm trying to think of there. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, in what way? In what way then um, does the community of faith play into the authority of scripture, other than the transmission of it, yeah. yeah. No, I'm asking uh, you. I mean, I have some yeah. ideas, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm so asking the, you to unpack that, my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, well, the transmission—that's a big one, right? The the teaching of it, the preaching of it, the passing it on—that's probably that's a huge. Um, but I think also living it out, right? Like the right. Um, living out the very word. So when Jesus says, written in Scripture, written in Matthew chapter twenty-five about. Um, feed, uh, um, feeding um, uh, in Matthew 25 when he's talking about um, the, 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 what you've done to the least of these, you've done unto me. And it lists out the, the uh, when I was naked, you, you, know, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. Um, when I was, you know, all, all these things, when we enact that, when we live that out, that is, that is carrying out its authority in our lives. Um, when we are dealing with deep, dark, and anxiety in our lives, and the, the words of Paul in Philippians 4, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and petition, bring your request to God, and the God of, uh, the God of peace will give you, will, um, uh, the, um, uh, my brain just died on me there, but... Guard your hearts uh, and minds, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, right, in Christ Jesus, like, that, um, the, the the these things when they take hold of us and they grab a hold of us on a spiritual level or even on a physical level that's enacting biblical authority 
in our lives. Um, mm. So it's not just transmission. It's actually, it's also, what is, it's not just the information being passed along, it's the formational power of Scripture um, as well. That's, that's fascinating. That's right. And you know, uh, yeah, that's good. That's the peace good. that surpasses all understanding. Mm-hmm. That's the word I was trying to get at yeah. Philippians 4. And the peace of all, anyway, anyway, continue on, sorry. You know, right, I, question I think about this. Are we going? Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I'll come back to this thought as we as we carry on. Just got okay. the these are such beautiful things that we're talking about. I'm kind of all anyway. Go ahead. I'm all jazzed up. Well, we we continue talked about inspiration because we're going to quote Tim Second Timothy uh, with Saint Paul uh, question uh, question or paragraph ninety nine with Saint Paul we affirm that all Scripture is inspired by God. And is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. Second hmm. Timothy three sixteen through seventeen. Scripture is trustworthy as God's revealed word to us, guiding us through the real and difficult circumstances of life, not only in theory or when life is easy. As we progress on the way of discipleship, we grow in this confidence in the truthfulness of God's Word because we find it so in our experience of grace. In this way, Scripture's authority leads and directs our experience rather than the other way around. The circumstances of our lives then provide the occasion in which, even contrary to appearances, we are able to test and find that God is true and faithful and His Word is reliable. So again, we have that little reference to our experience yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Scripture's authority leads and directs our experience rather than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, The other way around is, this is what I've experienced, so then let me go to the Word to f- uh, justify it. Mm-hmm. You know, or let me uh, interpret than, the Word based on my experience. Correct, correct. Right. Um, yeah. Rather than, than understanding what the Scripture says and letting that dictate or explain, understand my experience. So, yeah. This is, uh, I mean, let's be honest, this is a little bit of a sign of the time of its times. The right, exactly. Faith once delivered, like you had mentioned. Um, and I think it, yeah, it really is. So, you know, here's a question. Um, uh, it's a controversial one, so I'm going to throw it out for one of you to answer. Second uh, Timothy says, all scripture is inspired by God, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. What do you say to the argument or the concept that at the time of this writing, the New Testament was not yet canon scripture? <clears throat> but the scriptures that they were talking about were likely the Hebrew, the Hebrew scriptures in Old Testament. Yeah. Um, well, certainly that is true, uh, that that was what the scriptures were. But during the writing of Paul, let's see, when would this have been? Certainly, their early Christian writings were being being written and passed along to Christian communities as well. But I'm just going to be honest. I don't know. What should I say to this <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Uh, <laughs> well, I would say, one, well, one thing here, I would you just— You know what? Here's the thing. Uh, the community—I'm sorry. Sorry, Ellen. Uh, no, the go ahead. Of, the community of faith within a couple of hundred years had canonized— this is what the standard, the read, the, the standard is going to be. These these texts, and you know, along with the the, the Hebrew scriptures, these texts. So um, I don't know what the answer to this question is, but only that <laughs> the community itself finally said this. Th- there's authority. The to Spirit these. has guided us in such. Well, that that's we what are, I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say the same these, Holy yeah. Spirit that re- that 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 revealed these scriptures or inspired these scriptures would then later go on to. Um, inspire the church to canonize the these writings as scripture so right. you can like that or I not you know you like it or not <laughs> i think that's the beautiful you answer, does. you're the one not I mean, answering answer. son I, mean, oh, well, this is how you play the game guys <laughs> this is this is the answer right you can't this is not, how you do that you so, can't not I, consider I, the I will, holy spirit here's, here's here's what i'll here's one of the ways that i would talk about that. I mean, one, if if you're going to take the the direct term for term graphe scripture, um, very well could very. I mean, canon scripture at the time was didn't include the same text we had now because it was in development. In fact, this letter is part of it. There were likely other Christian writings like Brett was talking about, likely the Gospel of Mark or some of its source material. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those instances where 
while this verse comes out as an emblem of scripture's inspiration, it's not, it doesn't stand by itself and it's not by in its own sentence, the proof. It just points us to the proof. So in just this case, in just this case alone, in second Timothy, Paul is talking about staying strong in the strong in the things that he has taught him. Right. All right. And then if you take the wider canon of scripture, especially if you're looking in uh, say John's letters and in other places, Paul talks about there's, the testimony of the apostles mm-hmm. and what has been handed down is authoritative. And so when you take it in the wider context, yeah, if you were to use this verse alone and somebody decided that they wanted to attack scripture by saying, oh, well, that's not the case. Um, what we remember is this verse isn't the, it's just pointing to a truth and summarizing it succinctly. There's wider evidence that the testimony of the apostles of which the new Testament primarily is, is also authoritative and is scripture by the Holy spirit's work in the church. So um, to say, but to say second Timothy, when they talk about scripture, they're only talking about the old Testament. It's really a reductionist argument. Um, I just wanted people to be equipped because people are going to hear that a a lot, uh, especially as the TFOD reminded us, we're in living in an era where the authority and inspiration of Scripture um, is antagonized, even within yep. Christian circles. Right. I don't even know if that made sense. If it did, Adam Culpepper's buying me a cookie. We'll just pray <laughs> that the Holy Spirit inspired the listeners. Um, no. no. So really, it didn't make sense. No, no I'm did. not saying that. No, it didn't. So... I'm not sure the translation that they used, but the word proficient has stood out to me when this translation of Second Timothy. Mm. And I don't know, maybe it's just where my head has been lately uh, in thinking about the church and culture and this whole idea of, you know, our experiencing our experiences having authority, more authority than scripture having authority over our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, part of it is, we have a church that's not proficient in the word. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe that's pastors. Maybe that's our fault partly. Um, But, you know, I I think we have a lot of folks who've been a Christian for a long time who are still on milk and need to be on solid food. Mm -hmm. And um, I think when we don't know what the word says, then we're going to default to our own experience. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Over, over scripture. Right. Um, so I don't know. I just think. I just think there's. Um, Dang. I, I don't know if I don't know if our listeners realize how good of a statement that just was. <laughs> I, I don't know if I realize how good that it was. I don't know. Uh, but I don't when, either, when we That's when fine. we don't understand scripture, our default is going to go to our experiences. Well. And. Uh, mm, okay. Continue. I just think Sorry. there's a lot. I mean, obviously, I mean, this is a we we've known this passage of scripture. Yeah. And we've probably thrown it around. A dozen times, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, there's a lot of truth there, and yeah. and and how the, I guess uh, the usefulness of scripture is is really not, that doesn't do it justice, right? There's more to it, but um, um, allowing yeah. the scripture, n- knowing the scriptures is it's just extremely important. Yeah, <laughs> I could just leave it at that. Yeah, um, well, and so one one way to think about this, um. And I think the TFOD even said this too, uh, to piggyback on your terms here. Um, when it talks about it directs our experience. Um, so one of the things that's important, the experience of of God and faith are important, and people have experiences. Um, yep. It's all about in terms of everything requires interpretation, period. Scripture requires interpretation. Uh, our experience requires interpretation. What is the vantage point by which you're going to interpret that experience? Or what is the vantage point by which you're going to interpret Scripture? Um, and so to be able to have an experience and to and to be proficient and complete in equipping of, of Scripture will allow us then an authoritative, inspired vantage point to interpret our experiences as well. Yeah. So I'm looking I'm, at I'm gonna I'm gonna give a hyperbolic but true example of this. It is hyperbolic but true. The story is true. Um, 
<clears throat> I had a doctor friend of mine who told me a st- who, who he was asking me questions. Honestly, it was it was um, uh, questions of how to deal with this situation on a spiritual spiritual level. Um, he is in the mental health field, and he did, of course he abide by HIPAA, so he did not tell me names or anything like that. But he told me of the circumstance, mm. and the circumstance is this: that there is this guy who uh, was brought in to um, to him um, for psychiatric evaluation because one of the things he would do is he would um, he would claim that he because he was a Christian. He no longer had any shame. And because he had no longer had any shame, he would just, he saw it, he had no need to wear clothing. Oh. Why, why would he say that? Well, in Genesis, at the fall of humanity, it says that um, in certain translations, the word shame comes about where it says, um, and there were, they, uh, Adam and Eve, and they, they were ashamed. Right. right. So and so the what what happens after they they looked at each other's uh, naked bodies and they were ashamed and what did they do they covered themselves. So now here's this guy who is now free from shame and yeah. and is out doing the and so you know clearly um there's other issues going on clearly almost in a delusional state. But this is what he's saying. And so my, my friend, my doctor friend, he was asking me, he said, well, he, he know, this is what he said. He goes, he knows Scripture, this guy. He knows Scripture. He knows the Bible. He's quoting the Bible verbatim to me about all of this stuff. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that. And my reply to him was, but what you do know is that this isn't right? Like there, there's there is a sense that this guy is off. Like there's not there's uh, a sense that he is not he's not it's not firing. Like it's not he's not getting he's not there. Um, and so I said, um, there's a sense where you in your medical training, but also in your Christian walk, because this guy is a f- faithful follower of Jesus. I said, in your Christian walk, you, there's something within you that is telling you that this isn't right. What he is saying isn't right. So um, the experience that this guy was having, he he was quoting scripture. He was living, but he was mis he was misappropriating it in everything. Partly it wasn't his fault because he just I mean, in the sense that he wasn't mentally all there, but. Just because he was experiencing, he needed he needed interpret interpret he needed good proper interpretation of this, um, which he 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 did not have. So um, that I know that's kind of a hyperbolic kind of example of what Jim was just saying. But um, look, if you want to talk about Matt true... Reynolds, just talk about Matt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Matt, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, Jim's just sorry, Matt. I love you, buddy. Jim, Jim, I really do. Yeah, we really no, do. No, yeah, that that's that's a that's that's really. I mean, there's an illustration there. It does get a little complicated, but you're talking. You got to talk about genre and interpretation. Um, I hope I hope people have thought about getting or have already gotten Dr. Brian Russell's new book, Astonished by the Word, because um, in concert with that great text from David Watson, Brian talks about. Um, how the scripture requires interpretation and calls us into growth and it could be read needs to be read in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for it to become the word of God in our life mm-hmm. um, and that we lead for it, it it's for transformation and holiness like there's purpose for it so to be able to just pull out a sentence and say oh this, is an instruction for me, like, well, I'm not ashamed today, so I must be naked for Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. Right, right, exactly, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull that move later this afternoon. <laughs> you know, from the beginning to the end of this podcast, we might need to change the rating. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I feel like this is an NSFW episode. <laughs> we might be off the rails. Is there another paragraph? Well, we're, well, let's, we're let's always, get back on the rails. We're, let's we're get back on the rails. 
Yes, please. Yeah, we're please. always off the rails. Our listeners, they're used to it. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Uh, paragraph 100. This revelation is not static, however. Um, revelation is dynamic because it is found in the ongoing communication of God with his people through the process of inspiration. The Holy Spirit illuminates human reason to recognize that God is revealing insights about God and his will. When we are inspired, the Holy Spirit confirms that we are rightly understanding and presenting God's revelation in in harmony with the faithful witness of God in the church through the centuries. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Are you are you telling me that yep that God still to this day communicates with us, speaks to Bo us? Show. John MacArthur says no. Yes, true. And listen, for real though, I don't want to get into like a making fun of whatever. That there's a large portion of Christian tradition that says that is not true. Well, I guess they would say through the word he does, right? There's, I mean, would that, but, yeah, they, that, that yeah, revelation that, is, it, it, yeah, the, the cessationist understanding is that there's no new revelation, right? Um, yeah, and and revelation it doesn't necessarily mean new information. It's it's revealing. Um, yes. Yeah. And and so when we're talking about receiving revelation, it's just like continually opening the door to a thing that's already there. Right. Um, it's like we see through the mirror darkly or a glass darkly, like mm-hmm. Paul says. Mm-hmm. It's the continued uh, cleansing off and brightening of that mirror. It's already there. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about revelation, it's not it's not always talking about brand new information. Everybody needs revelation if god has fully revealed himself uh in in christ yet i still need dynamic revelation because my eyes are darkened and i haven't received mm-hmm. uh and seen and opened my heart to the fullness of what god would reveal and god may decide in any given time that uh, that there are things that i need to know at certain times or experiences that i need to have so revelation is not just simply about new knowledge mm-hmm and so I was joking about the John MacArthur thing there and people who call themselves apostles or whatever is what he was talking about the other day. Yeah, so um, yeah, yeah. But the Holy Spirit illuminates human reason to recognize that God is revealing insights about himself and his will. That's an operative statement mm-hmm. uh, in there. So new revelation and continued revelation, not the same, necessarily the same thing. It's not new information, and we're not going to find anything that removes itself from the way that God has currently and previously right. revealed himself. Right. So if you say, I've got fresh revelation, and it's not in accordance with Scripture and the way the church has carried that through for years, then you probably don't have new revelation. That's correct. That's correct. Um, that, that That's absolutely. And it, I mean, like, like we were just saying, there is a large section segment of the, the the Christian church out there that um doesn't believe in that that kind of whatever um but it is true that the holy spirit is active continually he is continually um opening our eyes i like that clearing the lens if you will mm-hmm. fully revealing pointing us to jesus pointing us to god's kingdom um in many ways like when things when miracles happen like what like uh, healings and when uh, uh words of knowledge come to somebody and th- those movements of the holy spirit that can sometimes be pretty spectacular those are not those are those those don't happen for the moment in in themselves, and they don't happen for the person necessarily just for the person being healed or just for the the audience that might be seeing it take place. Ultimately, those things do what signs and wonders have always done, and that is pointing to the greater reality of who Jesus is and who's got who God's what God's kingdom truly is. Well, and just uh, let's just let's yeah. just take it back on a basic level because I agree with everything we're saying because. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is is uh, is very active and wants to be more active if we'll Praise allow Lord. him to. Um, but if you've ever read the scriptures, you've ever read a passage, and you got one thing out of it, and then you read it again, and you got something else out of it, and you read it again, and you got something. I mean, um, I. You, I think all the three of us would say that, hey, we've we that's that's definitely happened to, to me. It's, de- it's happened to us where the Lord has revealed more of himself from the very same exact words of scripture that I've read many times before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that's just a, a very basic level of the way the Holy Spirit continues to inspire and reveal um, God to us from the scriptures. Yeah, no doubt. Um, there was something else I was going to say to that, but uh, I can't remember it. So maybe we'll see what else happens. Alan nailed it. All right. He sure did. <laughs> I'm just on it, man. So let's let's read this long last paragraph and, and see what we, we come from there. Okay. Uh, 101, the authority of scripture grows from a developing relationship of love, a love of God for us as revealed in Jesus and our love in return for God. The circumstances of our everyday lives, our needs, our ethical challenges, the problems, as well as the joys we encounter, become the occasions for us to trust God's love as revealed through in Scripture um, and for God's Word to prove true once more, even in ways that surprise us. So we do not use the circumstances we experience to judge God's Word. Rather, we experience the truth of God's Word as we trust it in our lives, even when it seems hard at first to do so. We do not judge the scripture then. Instead, God's word applied shapes us and offers the platform for our lives to reach the fullness of God's purpose for us. Mm -hmm. The scripture provides God's vision for life and happiness, true wholeness, including but not limited to human flourishing, the good of singleness, the marriage of one man and one woman, true friendship, fulfillment in vocation, and holy community. The scripture also calls us to mission, sending us to love our neighbor those who have been illuminated by the Holy Spirit to recognize the revelation of God, both enjoy fellowship with God through the salvation made available in Jesus Christ and desire to share this revelation so that others can share in salvation. Hmm. There's a lot there, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. That love though, right? That love, love is the uh, love that God has for us. Ultimately, that's why God reveals himself to us, right? Either generally speaking or specifically through his word, um, because he loves us. Um, yeah. And then once we've been, re- once that's re- revealed to us, then it, we should have, have that desire to, to go and share that with others, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so when we, th- I think it is important for us to say when we're talking about the authority of scripture, um, authority doesn't necessarily mean we should do, how should I phrase this? That everything that's written in scripture well, I'll, I'll say this as a phrase, and this is actually, uh, David Watson quotes this, um, or this is a quote from David Watson's book. Um, first, not every passage, um, uh, not every passage in the Bible is prescriptive. Some, uh, some are simply just descriptive. Descriptive of the time and the place and the history of what was going on in Israel's life. Um, and he says, as his pastor once said in a sermon, the Bible doesn't support everything it reports, <laughs> which I think yeah. is, is, but we, but we really need to understand, under, understand that this is, um, you're dealing with important things here that requires us to be good Bible readers, um, more than just surface level, but, you know, that's right. be, to be good student, students of scripture. And I think that's the problem with the modern church today, especially in the West, especially in America, especially with us in the South, is that we're just, we're, 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 um, we're bite, we, we'd like the bite size, the nugget pieces of, 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 the, of Scripture, of the Bible, the things that we can hang up on our walls or we can, um, that are easily memorizable. Is that a word, memorizable? Um, anyway, um, the, 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 the bite size, um, taking the full chunks, taking the the big the big bites, um, looking at the whole of Scripture itself is very very difficult to do. Um, it can be even a schlog to get through. I don't know how many of you have ever a schlog. Yeah, like when was the last time you read the Book of Numbers and just read the Book of Numbers? It is at some point you're sitting there going, where is hope, life, joy, anything in the census that takes up half the book of Numbers, right? And yet, it is an important part of God's revelation to us. So, um, we to, we have to be good. To be a good Christian, I think, is to be a good student of His Word. That's my mm-hmm. piece on that. Anyway, I, that's all I got to say about all that. <laughs> Love. And to... 
to be a student of the word is it's not to read for the sake of reading. It's not to right. uh, read for the sake of the knowledge. Um, you're really you're really seeking to be transformed into the full com- into full communion with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, this paragraph in the Tifod provides a couple of purposes um, that it shapes us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it offers the platform, which I, I love that because the spirit has to work for our lives to reach the fullness of God's purpose for us. It shows us God's vision for life and happiness, true wholeness, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so we're reading, we're reading in communion with God so that God may transform us by his grace into full union with him. Yeah. That's what we uh, Wesleyans would call sanctified uh yeah. that we might ultimately be glorified yeah yeah and so what, what, to be good students of scripture is not just to, to 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 know it your sword drills are great people should memorize scripture oh yeah the definitely. goal the goal therein is not though to have it memorized but that it but that in so doing you are entering in moment by moment communion with god through the holy spirit yeah now at the same time it's also it's also shaping you. So so I guess they're not mutually exclusive. Right. Um I, go ahead, Alan. Well, I was just thinking, you know, how going back to the idea of authority, which is that this whole section is the authority of scripture, and how yeah, you know, we can that can be a negative connotation, somebody having authority over you. Mm-hmm. Um but what this last paragraph does is that it, it explains the, the the motivation the motivation of God. The reason why God has revealed himself and done so through his word, also done through the incarnation of Jesus, is love. And so um and then you go back to the fact that God is our creator, we have life. The only reason we have life is because of God. Um so God's authority over us, the scripture's authority over us is done out of love. His mm-hmm. best, the best interest for us that teaches us how to have human flourishing, uh, good in our vocation and, uh, m- marriage and singleness and all these other things. Right. Um, um, we may not like it, you know, depending mm-hmm. on what the word says, but it's all done out of love for our good. Um, I don't know. I just think, you know, to help us help others um, understand the whole authority piece um, Mm -hmm. that it's done out of love. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that um, the way God has chosen to reveal himself to us in a very specific way, is through words, through speech, but written down, though, like so that we could read it. It's, it's not, yes, it's hard. You got to study it. You got to know it. You got to know the history and the, the social, uh, societal makeup of the, of the people who wrote it under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You know, that, those, all of that plays into, into this, but, Lord, God still chose to give us words to say, here it is. Here's, here's my heart. Here is, here I am. And uh, I just, I, it, it's right here for us um, at our disposal. We can look through it. We can read it. The Holy Spirit can speak to us through it. Um, you know, the other day I was reading, uh, once again, I was uh, doing a Bible study for some local district attorneys here in Dublin. And uh, for whatever reason, I, I felt led to share with them uh, John chapter 11, which is uh, Lazarus, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And um, that passage, that whole story, those 43, 44 verses is, are some of the most beautiful point. just like just just gets at you Um I, I I found myself even as I was reading um, where Jesus was um, calling Lazarus out of the grave. You know, just before he does that, what does he do? He weeps. 
And, um, you know, once again, the question I always think of when I think of, when I read that is, um, why does Jesus weep knowing what he, knowing, knowing what he's about to do? Like Jesus knows full well what he's about to do and he still weeps, right? Um, I don't know. It just gets me every time when I read that, like I, it pauses me. It makes, it's like the Lord speaks to me and, and I can see myself walking out of that grave. Jesus calling me forward. Um, and that's that's God revealing himself to us. That's God showing himself. There's authority in that that is formational and transformational in my life even today. Yes. It still happens. God still speaks to us through Scripture. The Holy Spirit still empowers us by drawing us to Scripture and to what is there. Um, yeah, some good stuff. Some good stuff. Let me toss out just one more idea I had about authority while you were sharing that. Um, and this will be the last thought I've got for the day. Because um, there is a tension. Alan, you named it. Authority. Uh, rejecting authority. So something's going to have authority at some point. So what do you? what drives you then? Like, is it then true in your own life that you are what everybody says? you are or that you are made or unmade by what you have or what you do those are authoritative ideas if you if they have the authority over your life they drive your life but the bible takes authority over those concepts what about when you're when you're in guilt shame and condemnation well, the Bible, the authority of the Bible says that you can be clean, cleansed from that through Jesus Christ. So the the ideas that drive us a lot have authority over our lives. Uh, for some of us, our past, well, all of us, our past has authority over our lives. Well, the, the Bible and the Word of God takes authority over even those concepts and those happenings and shows us uh, the way forward that we wouldn't be able to have if the if we the other parts and ideas and concepts remained authoritative over our lives. Mm -hmm. So there's another kind of pastoral way to think about that. Right. right. Kind of an application way to think about that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. The so, Bible's good, y'all. I was about to say I think you say, should read it. I was um, saying I, I think I hear I hear it selling well. <laughs> Um, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I recommend it. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, so, I like it. I think you should try it. I, th I think the consensus from the Potakesis guys, it's guys are we're for it. Um, yeah, Bible good. Bible, Bible good. Bible good. Bible good. Yeah. So uh, read it. Um, but so what? So like translations, like real quick here. I think it's fun without getting into the to the um, <laughs> uh, into the the weeds on this. Uh, Google Translate. Yeah, chat, chat GPT. My favorite translation is the Speechify where Snoop Dogg reads me the Bible. <laughs> it's for real. All right, let's do it this way. Top, what, what are each of our top three favorite translations to read? All right, I'll go first. Uh, okay. I like um, NIV, um, ESV, uh -huh. and um, I'm, I'm getting to where I like the NLT. Okay. Yeah, so I'm currently in the NLT, but I was in the NIV for years. Um, and then, you know, listen, I like to check out the message just because it's a, you know, um, I know that Jim just went like, <laughs> no, I love the message. It's, yeah. it's a great oh. paraphrase. It's a, yeah, it's a paraphrase. So yeah. Wow. Eugene Peterson's strong. He's actually yeah. got, you know, the, it's much better than the passion translation. <laughs> Look that up one day, guys. God, the guy says, God downloaded it all into my brain. <laughs> um, my favorites, I still love the New Revised Standard Version. I love the NIV and I love the NLT. Um, underneath that are the Revised Standard because I love its language mm -hmm. and the ESV I'm trying to learn to love. Um, I love it for a lot of reasons and it bothers me every now and then too. Yeah. yeah. But that's the one I'm carrying around right now. Yeah. Um, no no translation is perfect. Um, nope, not at so, all. Yeah. And, um, not at all. Yeah, so, um, but uh, there are better ones than others, so just know that as well. And um, and the best thing to do is have, you know, uh, if you're doing a study, multiple translations, and then at the end of the day, the best translation is one you're going to read. Amen. Amen. So read read your Bibles. Um, 
All right, guys. Well, um, that was that was a pretty pretty decent episode. I give us a solid B plus on that. So, um, a pretty decent episode. Hope that um, our potty humans out there uh, found this incredibly helpful. Um, you know what? I'm just going to say this. I'd love to know on social media or at um, or uh, questions at podakesis.com what your favorite Bible story or passage is. Um, what, I, I want to know, and maybe we'll share with uh, share it out on our next episode or next couple episodes if you share with us what your favorite Bible story is and or passage of Scripture is, and, and tell us you know one or two sentences why why it is um, your favorite. Um, uh, we're going to have links at the uh, for all of the, uh, the the David Watson book and um, the Brian Russell book, and some of these Firebrand articles will be up as well, and of course the TFOD, which is free, available for free download. Um, we need to remind we haven't said this in a long time. Uh, just remind everybody uh, the Podakesis podcast is a proud member of the Spirit and Truth podcasting. Network. Uh, Spirit and Truth is a movement of Wesleyan-minded Christians seeking to awaken and equip the 21st century church through the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel to make disciples and to make disciples of Christ. We long to see a new movement of Christians who are empowered by the Spirit, rooted in truth, and mobilized for mission. For more information and resources, check out www.spiritandtruth.life. Hit us up mm. on social media. Um, at Podakesis is where you can find us on our, um, and then you can check us out, of course, um, on our social. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I just said that. Or you can also leave a voicemail four zero four six three five six six seven nine and leave a five star rating and review on Apple iTunes. Mm-hmm. That would be most helpful. Well, until next time, y'all. Uh, hope you have a great day. That the Lord will bless you and uh, open up your Bibles and read it. It'll do you a world of good. Talk to y'all later. Bye. 